Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Very happy good afternoon to everybody out there in podcast land. My name is John Viola, and you are now listening to the very first Italian American Podcast Power Hour. We are probably the closest thing you're going to get to an all Italian panel of genius experts to <laughs> deconstruct exactly what is wrong with us that makes us so unique. They all know Dolores is here. Yeah, you know Dolores is here. From the so let me just go There's through. There's a lot of stuff that's right, too. Yeah, there is. There's a lot of stuff. I always am hard on us. But anyway, like I said, I'm John Viola, and I am here with my best buddy in the world and my partner. Mr. Patrick O'Boyle, with Dolores Alfieri and Anthony Fasano of the famous Italian-American podcast, which is uh, what we are born out of. The one and only Rosella Rago, who everybody knows from Cooking with Nona, and the now two successful cookbooks that yes. are out in the market when this right. thing goes to people's ears. And our executive producer and uh, my right hand, Miss Stephanie Gordon. So we are probably the closest thing to a permanent team that you'll get to see throughout this new show. But we think uh, you're going to be in for some great surprises and a lot of interesting Italians and Italian-Americans cycling through this esteemed roundtable. So without further ado, I will open it up to today's question. Every episode, we will answer an age-old question about who we are and what is the question for today? Anybody have the um, right way to word this question? Today's San Pascal. All the Pascals out there, happy name day. Oh, yeah. oh you got to talk oh, louder than that. You guys said, I'm going on a mastic all the people named Pascal. Today's oh. San Pascal. Just have a little... The day of recording is... is day of right, recording. Right. Day so years. when posterity... <laughs> so when they're listening to us in the Smithsonian a thousand years from now... They can May, 17th. May 17th. May 17th. What would we call this episode? What's the question we're going to answer today about... What is an Italian wedding? What is a proper Italian wedding? How um, do you handle an Italian wedding? That's the question. How to survive? How to, how to survive an Italian wedding? That's a good the one. Ins and outs of Italian weddings. Why are they the way, Why are they so yeah. big? We should do. A web, no, you should do a website called Booster.com that calculates how much you should put in the envelope. That's the name of the question. That's actually how, how much should you put in the envelope? How much you dissecting Italian American weddings? Has like a company called the Booster Box. That's really? Like she designs special Booster boxes. Oh, that's cute. And like does overall like big Italian. What? Well, the Canadian Italian. Italian weddings are really, really fun and big, too. I think they're bigger. I mean, okay, so um, Italian-American weddings are big. Northeast Italian-American wedding, Italian yeah. weddings are tremendous. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That's a good distinction. Like, nowhere else in the country no. are weddings the way they are in the Northeast. No? No, Not except really. Toronto. Except oh. Toronto, Canada. Is Is the food, how's the food in Toronto? I hear it's actually quite good. My married name. Is there anybody out there who we'll could invite us? Listen, listen. No, I'm willing to put it. If we're and we'll come with the booster, we're not going to go for free. But if there's a Canadian Toronto Italian wedding that wants us to come as observers, I'll go. I think if anybody out there in the listening audience wants to invite us to the wedding, we yeah, it's got to be a good wedding though. Have any of you actually taken money out of the booster at a wedding? Yes. You have. I did. Not not too long ago, as a matter of fact. I'm not going to mention it. I wouldn't. It leads to topic. Oh, was it mine? No, it wasn't yours. No. It was not yours. No. It leads to a I'm topic that, that I think we're going to cause a lot of discussion around, but it turned out to be a buffet. Yeah, the and buffet. That's another question. Like I can't. That was, but I want to come back to this. If it's a new idea, 
if the quality is there and they're paying as much for a head. Someone has said to me, I've seen people who have interesting ideas like an all, like a cocktail hour that goes six That's hours. That's what we wanted to do, right? rolling cocktail So what hour. I'm trying to say is this. What happens is the cocktail hour is all the fun. Then you have to sit down. I agree. And you're stuck with people that you may or may not like. And then, but my thing is, if you can graze for six hours, is that, because I mean, yeah, we're tied to tradition, but is there something different to do? Is it something new? Patrick, Should we penalize people for this? Let me ask you one question. Correct. How the hell do you successfully eat broccoli rob at a buffet? With that's you? a fantastic that's also question. A very good question. That's a very funny question. To, you you have you it. love broccoli rob, don't you? No, man. You dream about broccoli rob at Actually, night. Actually, my friends Salvio and Victoria, they wouldn't mind that I spoke about them. They had this tremendous, beautiful wedding in Sicily, destination wow. wedding in Sicily. She's from uh, Militello near Catania, and his family's from Carini. They had a beautiful wedding that's in Brooklyn, Tennessee. That's definitely a Brooklyn match. Well, no. Well, no, Carini's all over Brooklyn. Well, she's from Italy and he's from Brooklyn, was born in Brooklyn. So they had two weddings. They had the one in Italy and then they had the one here. And they were saying that they went to uh, a catering hall in Brooklyn to have their New York wedding. And they thought about being different, being tr- being non-traditional with it and doing the, the, ro- the revolving buffet, the revolving cocktail hour. And the guy at the hall is like, what am I going to do with the Brooklyn? <laughs> Rob, come on, don't do that. Why do you gotta be this? Right, let me, let me, let me Everybody's gonna, gonna stand up all night. They're gonna stand up. There's, there's a, we, we work on a historical precedent that the way we do things now is it the way that we always did things, which is not true. We are a photograph in time. Because if you go to the 1850s in the south of Italy, football was the sandwiches. You're we know, pre, you sandwich predate the football wedding. Number one, the mother of the bride did not go to church. Because she had a cook, right? Mm-hmm. So the couple went, there was no mass. The couple went to church. There's no white wedding dress. Mm-hmm. That's all stuff that comes with the Victorian era. They go to church, they get married, and there was only desserts. I mean, Very you could true. not, so it was cookies. So everybody chipped in cookies. Zimari, Zikunchata, Kumara, they all made cookies. Cookies and wine. That was the reception. Like a it was funeral. A sweet. Exactly. <laughs> it was like a repast. So people came back to their house, and it might be two or three day wedding, but it was about the music. So what I'm saying is, if, you, if we really want to talk about a culture as ancient as ours, 150 years ago, which isn't a lot of time, 175 years ago, that's why you have all these Italian wedding knots. The Cilento, they made the Mustacholo, which was mm-hmm. the wedding little cake. And all the cakes, like if you take my grandparents' generation, they were, after the war, the wedding cake was just coming in. Because when my grandpa got married, it was a mountain of cookies with the bride and groom on top. Yeah, and you got, and you everybody had like a handkerchief. Sure, and 100%. The so that was the bomboniera, too. Right, that so that so I'm trying to say so, is the so, confiant and the so my, my, all I'm trying to say is that, is that as elaborate as they are today, it's nothing like where they came from. Yeah, it was impossible. It was, you, nobody in the south of Italy, no farm family, could feed 200 right. people an 18 course meal. I mean, well, that also reflects you know the abundance of Italian Americans in in America and so, the country itself. Yeah. I mean, and and the, you know we are a direct result of the greater American wedding culture and this insanity that has arisen around this industry. I mean, it's a gigantic industry, as everybody knows. So we're a version. I just want to say this. You know, we talk about, again, the photograph. If you want to go to the real Italian, Southern Italian wedding traditions, a lot of them we've let die. We're concerned about the 18-hour buffet. But let's get back to the, what's the real tradition that goes back to the Romans? The mothers of the bride and groom making the wedding bed. This was ubiquitous in the south of Italy. Sicily has, uh, I think, probably seven virgin girls. Who was supposed to make the wedding bed? In Campania, it was the mother of the bride and the mother of the groom. They made the wedding bed. The bed would be decorated. And it was the idea that, that they would consummate the marriage, which in the south of Italy was considered as a positive thing. So you're, if you're married, you're allowed to do it and you get to make babies, and this is a positive because we continue for the next generation. How many people today who are so concerned about having the Italian band from Brooklyn and having the nice bombonietta from Italy are going to have their mother and father make the, well, have their, their, the bride, well, listen, the mothers make the listen, wedding band? I'll tell you how exactly that evolved. So at that time that you're speaking of, the bride's house, instead of having a bridal shower, because of course there weren't bridal showers then, the bride's house 
was, you know, they made the wedding bed. There were brand new linens. Her trousseau was there. Her uh, corredo was all on display in the house because you didn't have a shower. But in the weeks, or I think it's eight days. Yeah. Yeah. There was in, a set time. In, when the... Yeah, there was, there was definitely like an eight-day thing. But before that, there was a set time where your house would be completely decked out with your entire corredo, and everybody would drop by and visit you. The women. And you would have to display it. Yes, yes the right. women. And now that is Involved, especially in Brooklyn, New York, where I'm from, where like at your shower, you uh, you see either they bring all your lingerie to the shower, they bring all your gift bag, all your gifts are displayed, and like even as far as like if your mother-in-law gives you your dining room set, there's either like a framed photo of the dining room set, yeah. or there is like a, a mini dollhouse replica of wow. your dining room. Because oh, the husband's that. family was responsible for the furniture. <laughs> right. And the wife's family was responsible for the linens. As yeah. a matter of fact, if I may jump in, the reason why the linens were... People don't know this. The linens in the South Village were embroidered with the initials of the bride. Yeah, you're, you had your own embroidery. Your because... Signature. I have some of my grandma's. Do you know why they were embroidered? So nobody stole them? No, because if the bride <laughs> died before having children, if the couple were married something like less than five years... And the bride died without children. The whole set of linens went back to her family. Oh. That's what I mean. So the, the reason I bring it up is this practical, because yeah. you had a lot of death. You had death in childbirth. Right. You had death from yeah. tuberculosis. It was common to be married multiple times. So I'm trying to say, what I want to say is all these traditions, there's a, there's a whole level of stuff we've forgotten about. Yeah. And we're trying to say a photograph in time in 1955 is a determining factor of what constitutes an Italian wedding as a society. But I think we're going 1985. I, I think, I mean, we In 1980, my best friend's parents got married and the sheets were hung out the mm, Come on. I swear to God. I can believe it. Where was this? In Bensonhurst. Where else? No, in Mola. Oh, in Mola. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. I, yeah. It really is the same difference. My I, mother had to bring hers back. Yeah, like or to did show. She really? They didn't hang it, but she had to bring it back to show my. Someone looked. Uh, my grandma. Someone checked. Her mother or his mother? His mother. Grandpa, my my sure. father's mother checked the sheet. As late as that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that was what. These, these yeah, are provincial people. Mm-hmm. Look at. I mean, the people that throw these crazy, crazy weddings are not people of tremendous means at all. No. When you look at, like, you know, everybody's the these families still have plastic on the furniture. They've had the same car for thirty five years, but when it's time to have a wedding, Giuseppe <laughs> goes to the bank and gets all the cash and says, "Here, here it is. We're gonna do the right thing." Because that's speaking what, of, can I ask a question? This is an interesting one that I've not gotten consensus on. I don't know if it's regional. I don't know if it's just my wife and I. Who pays for the wedding? Oh, boy. Well, now, now, Nunzi Gabish. Yeah. yeah. It's a different world today. The now we're supposed to be the bride. The bride side always been for it, but... Is that us? Is that every ethnicity? That's a good question. Uh, every ethnicity. Yeah, I think... My dad is not Italian, and he still sort of sticks to the tradition. The bride's family pays for the majority of the wedding. The groom's family right. pays for the rehearsal and the bar. If yeah, 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 that makes sense. But he's, okay. You know. but, but yeah. if, if I may interject also, dinner, we've based all this stuff on a much cheaper wedding. Right, yeah. right exactly. So now when you're going to 250 a head and 500 a couple, right, and you have 8,000 relatives, oh, you've right. now entered an area where... It's a double income wedding. It's a double yeah. income wedding, and now all of a sudden... You can't. I think my mother's cousin told me she got married in the early fifties in Jersey. It was like dollar. I mean, I'm not. I'm not yeah, no, dollar seventy five. I had. My parents got married in 1982 in Middle Village, Queens. Joe Bracciamento was my great grandfather's compadre, and the restaurant just closed. A great restaurant. I think it was like ten to twenty dollars a head at that point, and there was maybe a hundred people, whatever. I mean, it was just yeah. family. Yeah. It was like it was church, and then dinner at a restaurant. It was not. But the pressure was low. I think we should all go around yeah. and, and say what we know about our, our parents' weddings. Ooh, that's a good question. I got my mother's, I'll tell you mine. Okay, I can't go up? Go. My mother still has the book from 1968. The top, the top envelope was from my aunt, who was her godmother, $75. Wow. And my wow. mother said that was a lot of money. That was like, people were making like $35 a week. And what did they do for the wedding? Like where they had it? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Essex Club. Jersey City had this thing for having receptions in Newark. My mother remembers everything. I'm guaranteed she remembers down to the nickel how much it was. My mother's got her book with all the notes of every envelope she got. My grandmother has her mother's. I was just with my grandparents this week, and my great-grandparents got married during the Depression, like 1930 or 29 or something. They had 1,000 people in Little Italy. 
but they were both buddies. And the top gift was, I think, like ten dollars. No, his brother gave him a hundred dollars back then, but his brother was his business partner. I'll, t- I'll tell you another real quick. My grandmother remembered during the depression that the, you know that the Schaffaduna bag, the bag yeah. they used to carry. Oh yeah, that's What's another it tradition. The Schaffaduna. That's at the jury. The Schaffaduna <laughs> bag. Wow. The Shka- Do you know why it was a Schaffaduna bag? Because people used to give change. Wow. Mm-hmm. My grandmother said nickels and quarters because my grandmother said that. Makes sense. What would happen is that was where you found, that's where single girls went to find guys. Like that was like your, because you couldn't, you didn't date, you didn't go out social. I mean, it wasn't like today where you went to the bar. So if you were somebody who was getting married. Right, right. The beginning, once the sandwiches ran out, they ran out. The band played all night. People donated casks of homemade wine. And so you could crash a wedding, but they would bring envelopes and they'd have like a nickel in it. I guess that was covering your head because at that time it was past. I guess but it was, the, the, the sandwiches are gone. The nickel is probably that's so interesting because in Italy, in southern Italy today, like weddings are very big, but there is this thing that has come back where like the younger people, you know, people that like you don't you like but you don't really want to buy them like a, a dinner, like you, yeah. you, you come for the cake. And right. at the end of your wedding, all these people show up. To dance and to drink and, and that's not a bad that part. adaptation <laughs> or, or return. Yeah. You know, for like the nightclub part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a great story at my parents' wedding. So my parents got married in 1980 at the Hollywood Terrace in New York Avenue. I think it was on New York Avenue. I'm pretty sure it was like it was really scenic. The elevated train was right by there. <laughs> my dad was working as a waiter there, so I guess they got a good deal. My nana always talks about how they had surf and turf at their wedding. That was like a very big deal at the time. It was like, oh, surf and turf for tutti And they were the only hall that had a light-up dance floor at wow. the time. Nice. You know, this is at the very end of Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever was, what, 74? Mm, that's a don't, don't challenge me. 78. 78. Yeah, so it was like right. It was so hot back then. That's a whole other topic. Signature pieces for the catering halls because as everybody oh. in the New York area should know there's only one wedding hall where you can come up out of the floor I don't even know if you can still do that oh yes Bruce was on, Bruce the bed. on the bed that was oh, like yeah, a signature yeah. but that's your engagement party yeah the, the grand, nowadays right the crystal ballroom is for the wedding where it, the, the bandstand stage moves and the wall comes up the silhouette <laughs> screen the smoke effect the stairs with the track lighting and then you walk out could That's I, the grand entrance. We may need to we need we may need to get a sponsorship out of Russo's on the Bay for Russo, I, I'm going to throw something in. I can tell you from the early '80s. You know what started to kick in? Not inviting the kids. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That, That's all a of a sudden, That's it became true. expensive, and they didn't invite. What do you mean you didn't invite That's my true. kids? My aunt we, is Irish. We didn't and invite kids. I was not invited to their wedding to her to my uncle. It's like on the envelope. Does it say family or does it say? Yeah, yeah that that's so, in my opinion. Because I, I remember those conversations like 1985 and people saying, well, it's so much. They're not invited. So I think that and I think that's part of the conversation of the skyrocketing cost is. And does that take us away from who we are, from a culture that brands itself on family? Well, that's the question. Yeah, that's a good question. The question goes back to what Rosella mentioned before is, is like the evolution of the Italian-American wedding just mirroring the evolution of the community being that people came here poor yeah. and then people became successful and now we do things differently so now is that what's happening to the wedding? Was there a need we passed the Rubicon where there was a need to show off that surpassed the need to celebrate That's But now people right. show off all the time so, That's also true. Yeah. Maybe weddings are going to return to authentic it because everything is showing off. Doing uh, una bella figura. Yeah. You know, <laughs> having a big wedding. Yeah. Like and it was that. all Showing that you had the absolutely. money. So my parents got married in southern Italy. And it's actually a great story because my mother grew up. They both were poor like everybody else. But my mother was especially poor. She basically grew up more or less without a father. And they had a wedding at a hall. Like at a restaurant, not a hall, at a restaurant. And she says that it's, it was actually like the first wedding anybody that she knew had done at a restaurant. And it was like a big deal to have a kind of sit down meal. You know what she told me once? Like what it was a plate. And I can't really remember right now. I'll have to ask her again. But they even had a band. What year was it? Uh, 1967. Wow. 1966, yeah. And then... Wait, when their wedding show? Yeah, because '67 is when they came here. The pictures are terrific because it's in this hall. And there's like bottles of wine on the table, and the best part is my paternal grandparents 
because they were together and had that dual income, paid for the wedding. And they rented a Chevy Impala to drive. Like, my mom and my dad drove away in a Chevy Impala. And there's some, like, huge wings on this car. And you know the little tiny streets in Italy. That was a boat. With this boat maneuvering to through the Americano, right? Right, ex- that's exactly right. We were right. so cool back then. But they the still do that. They still do stuff like that. Like they'll get a car that, like, especially in Mola di Bari. Like I always loved. I would always be at the beach with my friends, and um, we have a tradition where, like, there's this lady that rents all her husband's classic cars out, and they have this beige. I think it's a Cadillac convertible. Everyone rents it. It's so cool. But we have a procession. After you leave church, everyone drives around honking a horn. And it, it would always be like, oh, another one bites the dust. <laughs> but for those who didn't rent the classic car, they would sometimes get like a super American car that kind of makes no sense. Like Maybe being it does. There. I don't know. Maybe oh, we're missing something. Let me ask you a question. Are these all things that are emblematic? Of marriages going from being political alliances, business alliances, to and, and other things, I'm also arranged marriage to a romantic marriage, because if you if you couple this, what's happened is you've had 20 years of movies that went out, and I think that had a big effect. Like if you take the marriages of like 1910 and 1912, did they have this perfume of the romantic marriage that? Maybe post Hollywood because Hollywood has had the effect in Italy that it had here. No, you're right. Yeah. Where we transfer because if you take, let's say, the 19th century wedding or even the 18th century wedding, it was very foreseeable that one of the spouses would be remarried because the other spouse would not live there and you know what we would consider a natural life here. So is that if you're walking down the aisle knowing that there's a good chance that you may be marrying somebody else? I mean, if I could just jump in. One impression that I had. The Italian-American I knew from North Arlington told me the story. His parents were from Calabria. His father died, and his father's brother, his aunt died. His father's brother's wife died. So his mother married her brother-in-law, his father's brother. And he said that they both had, like, nine kids, and that became a family of 18 kids. And the second generation, so that, that would be the greatest generation that he was born into, the world, the the baby boomers always said, well, how could you be a parent, grand, like... How could grandma and grandpa have been brother-in-law and sister-in-law? And he's like, listen, they were so afraid. And I had someone else tell me a similar story. They were so afraid that they needed to marry someone because you needed a spouse, either the wife to take care of the house or the husband to be the provider. And they were very afraid that a stepfather or a stepmother would not treat their kids as well as that their spouse yeah. would have. And his said, he said his mother knew that her brother-in-law would treat the children well because it was his brother's kids. And the brother-in-law knew that his sister-in-law would treat the kids good because it was her nieces and nephews. Wow, right. So it was a real practical marriage. Yeah. And when you when you have stuff like penicillin and hospitals that prevent that kind of fear, did we morph into a romantic marriage in the 50s and 60s that brought stuff like the automobile, moldy body, or the wedding that was at? Did we go from practical marriages, which were by necessity, to romantic marriages, which are fairy tales? Well, there were so many marriages even uh, that happened fairly recently where a uh, man's wife died and he married the younger sister. You know, sure. Because and coaches, my, coaches, great, uh, my grandmother's uh, brother lost his wife relatively young and married his own, like, second or third cousin. And it was, you know, not totally abnormal. It was like a, a company. What do you call it? Not accompaniment. Uh, companionship. Companionship. Thank you. I don't... Yeah, well, I'll go one step further and say... Well, look at the society we live in now. If it was that they needed, like we needed each other and it's gone into romantic, now we're at a place where it's almost like, why do you need to get married? Because cable's cheaper. (laughs) I mean, it seems like, you know, women have money. They don't need men to support themselves. People are having, you know, men can even clean their own house and do their own laundry or you can hire somebody to do it for you because you have the money. To buy your own house, I can buy my own house. You know, that might be actually Pat's, as usual, probably onto something. And part of the reason why we're in, you know, the Kiavaga we're in now, <laughs> it's just like, it's a totally different uh, reason for coming together. But sometimes I think that weddings nowadays, like, I don't want to, like, a lot of people in our generation, right? So the, so the, the average age in this room right now is, is mid 30s. I'm an alarming number of people in our generation that are married and divorced within 
two years. Yeah. I've seen like six or seven people that I know peripherally that have had that happen very recently. And I'm starting to wonder, is the wedding really just an event? And is the marriage not being thought through? I think like, too many people get caught up in it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, very it's, easy. it's almost like you, you have to have a sweet 16 because you turn 16. You have to have a wedding because everybody else is having a wedding. It's kind of wacky. Like, yeah. it's a little worrisome, actually. Like, how could you get... Like, the, a topic I wanted us to discuss was the church. And is our culture still, let's say, disproportionately making sure that a wedding happens in a Catholic church right. versus at the uh, mm-hmm. hall or whatever? But my point is, forget even that conversation for a second and, and ask yourself, is the wedding really... Are people thinking about the marriage or are they thinking about the event? Okay. And that's scary. Can I ask you one question? You're absolutely right. When you get the when, some, when the phone call comes, or your mother gets the phone call, that the couple who had the half a million dollar wedding split up after 18 months, what's the first universal comment that comes out? All the money they spent. Yes, that's right, true. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the first reaction. That's, that is the first reaction. And doesn't yeah. that tell us what what's going on here? If our first reaction is, how could they split up? They spent all that money on the wedding. Right. Well, yeah, in, you're right. In, in true Italian American culture, you're not even talking about just the wedding. From the minute a couple gets engaged, you're talking about an engagement party. You're talking about a, a bridal shower. You're talking about like whatever they do now. I don't know. Like they have like the bridesmaids luncheon. That they yeah. do. You go away, you go on vacation for a week yeah, for you your bachelor bachelor. Which is unheard of before. And That's this monster it. wedding. And I fear that we're actually leading that charge. I feel like our culture is, I feel like the whole country is like wedding industry mania totally yep. more. Yeah, but I think, unfortunately, this is a case where we as a culture, and Americans, may be at the peak of that era. Like, we may be some of the worst out there. Right, I, the I, most outlandish. Well, yeah, I mean, there's other, yeah. there's really other communities that are whack, yes. but, we're, but we're taking it very far. Yeah. As per my mother, my mother got married in 19, my parents got married in 1968, that the shower was kind of new territory because that was considered yeah. a little bit school... I mean, and even a bride... I mean, I remember when the bridal registry started to come out in the yeah. 80s. Maybe I betrayed my age. And, and people... And I remember my mother saying, like, my mother and my grandmother, like, Oh, like people were then telling you what to yeah. buy. That's yeah. wacky, yeah. I mean, and that that's was another question. Like, I do not normal. subscribe to the shower stuff. Like, I'm a 70 year old Italian woman when it comes to people's showers. I don't care what's on your registry. I'm going to give you money. You want money. You need money. Oh, money's good. Just, um, please don't get me a yeah. platter that doesn't go with anything in my house. Well, well, I, I, but I, I think money. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I take one bunch with that. I, take, I, take, I, take, I, take, I, I take, know, you're not the only one. I take one. If somebody buys you something that you did not register for, you know, the only acceptable things to give someone for their shower are cash or something they registered for. I think the envelope should be standard at all of these things, to be honest with you. I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit... That's wrong. I'm sorry. What have we become? A collection agency? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to... I got to be careful about how I tell this story. I know someone who had a a Italian-American shower, and a relative went out and went to buy something. Now, if you take the old-school Italians who are, I want to say, the greatest generation who are careful with their money, they went out and bought something like uh, Crystal Candelabra. Okay. Now, maybe it wasn't to the taste of the bride, but the elderly female member of that was invited to the shower, that was like the greatest gift ever. Okay. And the bride made a comment like, "What did you get this from the clearance rack?" Oh. Okay. It got back to her. But that's just me. But that's and, just well, hold on. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. It got back to her. It got back to her, and she was really hurt. <laughs> to her, to her, that was a beautiful gift. So my thing is now. Now we went from. And like I said, I'm, I'm showing a crucified from this from somebody out there. But we went from a gift is supposed to be given, right? It's something that comes from your heart. So some, I've gotten stuff that it, it means something to me because of the thought that was behind it. Now we have a registry which says, okay, with all due respect, well, this matches my interior and my exterior or my china pattern. And this is what your options are. And if you don't want to pick something from the options list, please give me an envelope. That's a collection. Yeah. So my thing is this: that old lady gave a gift Except from listen, her heart. It's going agreed, but and it's also going back to the tradition of you helped a, a, a new couple set up their house. Yeah, and it's that's just true. become outlandish. That's yes, true. Agreed. Like the stuff that I got from my shower, it's insane. And it's nice stuff, but they it, don't even it, cook. 
But you want the uh, you, you're the here, people, uh, I mean, we like here doing have, fundraisers for China patterns that they're gonna that they'll never it's respectful. use. Respectful. It's just a, it's a respect thing. But if the old lady goes out and yes, buys the crystal, yes, respectful sh- to say that that was me, and I would never. No, have done not that. that was re- wasn't respectful. But yes. it's like if someone has a registry, then you respect the registry. I'm not. I would never go buy some somebody something yeah. that's not. Well, Sally, this is new. This, this registry. registry Entered like a Trojan horse in the 1980s. Okay? It came in. Here's my demand list. Okay? Here's my demand list. This is what I want. So it went from, now what do we have? We have the shower, which is a, a, a booster fest. We have the engagement party, which is our booster fest. And we have a wedding. That's a three booster event. Okay? We have a bachelorette party, which is another 15-year-old uh a monstrosity that's a Rosen. That's a you have to go away to some strange island somewhere in a week and you have to rent boats. <laughs> I gotta go you to have a, in August. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a bachelor party. So now all of a sudden you not your wedding in particular, but a wedding has now it's become has now become an all your whole year is dedicated to their wedding. So that, oh, please, and, yeah. and the month before the wedding, they're gonna be questioning if they want to get married, but they're gonna be stuck getting married because all this money's been laid out. So yeah, what, let, where let me, are we with it's this? It's true. I think one of the things about that that's Unfortunate is that now when someone like if you have a good friend that asks you to be in a wedding, yeah. you're like, oh gosh, this is gonna cost me so much. Yeah. Yep. It's sad. That it's is so sad. Because no. you should really be like, oh, this is great. I'm gonna be part of a wedding. Yeah. 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 But, 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 who, 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 but, but you have to do it like that. I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't make anybody pay hardly anything. I know what I'm saying is a lot of yeah. You think twice. Yeah. A lot of people, I, I, that's I'm going to say one thing, and you can edit me out. It, it, it definitely didn't used to no. be like that. No. It used to be like, oh, my it. God. Not even in the 90s. It was We've an honor. Yes. It, was, exactly. it was an sure. honor because, to but be But now, 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 now the responsibilities have become... Just for the record, for those of you in the audience, Pat was one of my two best men, so now he's really letting his feelings <laughs> out on this whole thing. Uh, no, because your wedding was no way. Yeah, I doubt you do. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll be honest. Listen, the, my God has cursed me with not giving me a filter. All right? I don't know why. <laughs> there's no filter. So there's no... Your wedding was no headache. You said, wear your own tuxedo. It was no headache. It was no yeah. headache. I got my... You, you gifted us with a nice bottle of booze, and, 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 a, and a tie was easy. What I'm trying to say is that... And I'm not criticizing the, those of you who are going out there having all this stuff. I feel it's like peer pressure. Yeah, it right. It's like, oh, you got to come up and... Well, she had a bachelorette party in, like, the Seychelles. Well, okay, yeah. well, where could we go? To the moon? But you know what? <laughs> I want to make That's a point. A space. So, for those yeah, of you go. out there that don't know us, uh, in the past year, both Dolores and myself have both had our weddings, right? Uh, Dolores, yours is how many months ago now? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. And mine is, I don't want to do math. Anthony's happily married. Yours is about Patricio. We're going to have another six months. Yeah, so, yeah, so Pat, Rosella, For any of you catches out there. Single. (laughs) Email uh, Dolores. Not I'm like Hampson. I'm not, I'm not, you know. In a relationship. I'm not on the market. Pat and Stephanie (laughs) on the market. Anthony married for how many years? Almost 15. God bless you. Wow. Oh, let me ask you a question. I may, I, may I moderator? How is your, how was your wedding I was different? 15 years old when you got married. Wow. You gotta make <laughs> How was your wedding different? Do you think 15 years ago, how was the wedding culture different than today? Do you think there was a difference? It wasn't that different. Really? Stephanie, I mean, we had a pretty big <laughs> wedding. But, I mean, do you think the bachelor party? I mean, I think bachelor parties. Went from being one night out to I, now. I think uh, like some of the ancillary things, like the bachelor party, weren't as extravagant. Yeah, I think the weren't. wedding itself was the same. Yeah, I don't think anymore we can pump up a wedding. I don't, I, I like, don't remember having a great like bachelor parties but, that were like uh, days long. I think it's, it, it, we are at the apex. Yeah, it's got to come down. This is why we're adding peripheral events. Yeah, well, what yeah, we, what so we, one, one thing I could say though is, if I think back, even though it's been a while, and like you know, the wedding itself, the day was really fun. But I think about like what made it fun. Just really like like the people, like yeah. hanging out with them, dancing, having fun. That's what the question kind of like there. the fundamental. Which we, 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 but what are we celebrating? Because the theology, people seeing a marriage as a, as, a, as a religious or something greater than themselves has dissipated, right? Because you see weddings now. I mean, not in our culture, but the greater American culture, where a wedding is kind of like a, a cemented relationship. Like it's a dating, and now they've. They've cemented it, but it can be broken at any time mm. for any reason. We just don't like each other anymore. We're bored or whatever. What do we celebrate? We're pouring all this money into celebrate what? Because the old days we were celebrating like there was so much. There was a real religious meaning. There was a, right. And even if you're not religious, it was an out. It was something that was a, a societal building block of building a new family. It, we're, that's been lost in this. Can I speak from my experience? We went to look at venues and every one of them without fail 
were surprised when we told them, no, we're not getting married here. We're getting married in a church. Everyone yeah. just mm-hmm. expected that we were getting married at the venue. And my favorite parts of planning the wedding all had to do with when I had to go to the rectory and we had to meet with Father Matt and Father Matt would talk to us about marriage and what it means and and that it's a sacrament. And there were like plenty of times where I was like tearing up because it's very moving and it's very powerful what you're doing. And my other favorite thing about the whole preparation was pre-Cana. And I remember remember we had the best, even Drew loved it. We had the Mm -hmm. best weekend. And I remember saying to him and everybody else, it seems like everybody else just cares about the event. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And the church is the only place that cares about our marriage. I think you have Wow, that's really good. good. That would relationship with the person that marries you. I think it makes such a a big difference. Right. If you know, like, the the priest that's marrying you, if he knows you, if he knows anything about you guys. I mean, I will say that I'm such a big dork when it comes to weddings. I actually, I love weddings. I love watching people. One of my, like, secret horrible things that I do in my spare time is, like, I watch people's wedding videos. (laughs) And I'm I'm going to say you are. I really love it. I lo- And you know what? Every time the church part, like, I only cry yeah. at the church part. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. The rest of it's like, oh, okay, it's nice. It looks, oh, wow, they had a crazy one. But, like, when, like, they say the vows, it, like, something feels so genuine about the moment. And there's mm-hmm. such an energy there. And, like, you know, I'm not married. So, like, I, I always think about, like, when I'm going to do that, God willing, you know. Now, we're talking about this idea that, that Dolores makes an amazing point. The church is the marriage, is the real wedding. The party is a party. Right. And I thought one of the things that was really special about the way you had your wedding was the, I think, a parade, procession mm-hmm. to church. Mm-hmm. Love it. Talk about that. Talk about that decision. Oh, some of our new neighborhood people have heard about this as I put up pictures there, but my, we did grow up close to the church, and in southern Italy, there's a tradition, at least where my family comes from. Is it the same for you? You can't, I mean, you certainly can. In the body, it. they do what the yes. people have walked. Yeah. Like, so, but now everybody wants to be fabulous and show up in a Lamborghini. Right, so. nobody wants to walk anymore. Anyway, my mother, for instance, you know, you walk through the streets and everybody stands outside. Mm-hmm. The bride's family and friends walk with her to the church, I should say. And then through the streets, all the neighbors come out with trays of, like, candy and flowers. Yes. And they throw them at your feet and they yell, Auguri. So it's a big tradition. And growing up, my father used to always say to me, when you get married, we're going to walk to the church like we do in Italy. And, of course, as listeners know, my father passed away about nine years ago. And it was something that I still very much wanted to do because, you know, I care about these traditions but also in honor of him. So we, it was raining, kind of raining. It was like on and off. And then it was a big debate because everybody was in these pretty gowns and stuff. And then uh, it, you know, just kind of cleared up just enough. And we walked to the mass, to the church and to the mass. And that moment and those photos are some of my favorite photos from the day. And that moment is my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the day. It was very, very special and something you can't, I, you know, you can't, like, take for granted how special it was. And imagine, it was really like, beautiful. you didn't have to, like, schlep in and out of a limo. You know how uncomfortable yeah. it is getting in and out of <laughs> yeah, a limo true. with a dress it, like it, that? Yeah, and it was simple. I walked And it's it simple. And, and it makes... I wasn't elaborate. It was just walking. Just through. walking. Exactly. And it focuses priority. It focuses priority That's on exactly what's real. That's exactly right. That's the, right. The, the indissolvability of marriage, the, the, the building block of a community, was part of the entire Catholic worldview. And it's dissipated in the last 50 years. So if the death to us part means is gone, and there's a lot of reasons. I'm not criticizing people out there who've been divorced. The world has gotten much complicated. It's a separate conversation. But we went from that being the highlight. It really was the first step of a family, of the next generation. We've gone to that from where how much now is a wedding tied to the procreation of children? Because that's really what a wedding is. I mean, a wedding really is the, the setting right. of a domestic of a home, of a, of, a, of, a, of a household, which will, and the marital act will beget children, and that's the next generation. And the church makes sure you answer that question. Are yeah. you going into this in order to sure. receive whatever children God sends you? And your answer needs to be yes. And when you're up there saying, um, I don't think it's the vows, but they, they're at some point in the mass, in the wedding mass, they say... Yeah, you have to have the proper intention. You have to have sure. the proper intention, and one of those questions is, 
will you accept children that God sends you? It's very much a big part of How much of that is part... We've talked about societies, society now. I mean, I I think it's good we mentioned May 17th because on Saturday we're having the marriage of of Prince Harry and... Meghan Markle. Correct, Mm -hmm. Meghan Markle. And, you know, the whole world is going to be tied into watching a show. And that's beautiful, right? You're going to watch it, Stephanie. And you're going to have, you know, (laughs) probably the English do a fantastic job at royal weddings. Probably the undisputed, probably the best in the world. But how much do we tie that as a society that the wedding is the creation of a new domestic church, which is a new family? And I think that we've lost, that's lost. And I it's think a very old fashioned well, idea now. It's an old from, school conservative idea now. The sure, Italians then, didn't, have, didn't have divorce until yeah. when? When was divorce legal? 78 or 80 something? 78, I think. I think it might have even been in the 80s. If you read Barzini, was it Barzini's The Italians in 1962-64? Mm. Mm-hmm. Then Barzini mentioned like you could never foresee yeah. having abortion or divorce. I think, uh, it's the 10 years. I think it's 84 or 80. Yeah. I mean, I'm dyslexic, so the numbers are very confusing for me. But in Ireland, they have it in 95. And Italy's yeah. undergone an incredibly frightening population decline. Just a total drop-off. Mm-hmm. Total drop-off. Yeah. And I don't know if our old uh, Italian mothers and nonas have anything to do with it, the way people are, are like, what they say is any truth to it, I should say. There are people are cheating on each other right and left, every, evidently. So well, yeah, that's what I hear. People cheated on each other a lot, though. They just didn't get divorced. They yeah. still did yeah, what that's they, actually what really they good wanted point. to do. That's true. Well, no, no, the men did whatever they wanted no, to no, do. No, no, I absolutely There were some ladies I've that never, I know. I have to say, Definitely. I've never heard stories from at least my parents and the, fa- and the extended family where the women did anything, but almost every one of them has a story with, at some point, one of their young their young husbands having a side affair and then very quickly to dive into it the rules that came with that you had a mistress she was your kuma when you got where you were getting a little too tied to her there was something wrong with the man because I the, I, right I, I should not tell the story you had to keep you had to understand a man who forgot that a fa- his family was his family and his wife was his wife and his kuma was his kuma okay. as long as he came home I have a, was I have a, was losing his mind a relative who was this is, in this is brave. one of those tripartite <laughs> one of those tripartite oh relationships and I have an uncle my uncle who married my aunt who was not she's actually part Sicilian American from New Orleans, but didn't grow up in like the Northeast. You know, right. different, different. Our and, craziness, yeah, and, yeah, and she's not as uh, well versed as we are. And this other relative would come around with Akumad, and it was like not abnormal until my aunt's first Christmas in the family when she wrote Christmas cards to everybody and wrote it to him and his Kumad instead of him and his wife oh, because boy. that was the only woman she'd ever met. And it was like the first time that any pen had been put to paper or any sort of memorial to this, right? And it was like, like, uh, what do you do, you know? But she didn't know any better. She just assumed that this distant relative was here with his wife. That's right. And that's the last I've seen of it. Like, wow. I, you just don't see that stuff anymore in the in the newer generations. I don't think. I don't think anybody in our generation's got a, I don't, a blatant mistress. I, but I don't think. I, and I, I'm being honest. I don't no, because we, we just have, leave. She's right. Because you just leave. You're right. Yeah, you, there's no room for them anymore because you just leave. Yeah, but I think it's more. I don't think we can understand it because we are the, gen, the we are collectively a post divorce generation. Not that that we lived in a world where divorce was accessible. Now it wasn't as common as it was today, but it was accessible. I don't know what went through their minds because I, we've all heard stories of, you know, the neighborhood stories of, you know, marriages of convenience and people had people on the side and stuff. But I think that their respect for the family, the yes. respect for the household mm-hmm. trumped. So, OK, I'm going to get action on the side or she's going to get action on the side or and how many. I mean, I don't know if we want to go into this discussion, how many people who were gay got married because that right. was the conventional thing to do yeah. and they wanted to have kids. And, you know, there's a lot of stories that went on and I think that things that happened or, you know, arranged yeah. marriages or, or 
Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot more that we didn't... Each other. I'm they, sorry? they still left each other. They were just married. I mean, yes. you know how many people went to different countries and never came back? Yeah, had another family were, in the other country. But you were still yeah. legally married to this guy. So these are all like... Or like different, I seen d- different bedrooms in the house. You right? know, those, yeah, that's not I mean, abnormal. I think that like some of the things you know, like I actually know somebody who did that, like got married because he's you know, old school, like Italians, and then he, he was gay. And in the end, ruined his family because, you know, which it would have been better if he could have just been gay to begin with, not ruin your wife's life and your kid's life, basically. However, I want to just propose a flip side of that, which is to say my parents and I, this is what I write about. Basically, my my book is all about this. My parents first got married and came here. My father was young. It was a different man. It was a different time. The long story short is, like, the beginning of their marriage was very difficult for my mother. That's the long story short. And she says, if it was now, I would have left him. We would have been divorced. Mm -hmm. Now, do I like that my mother suffered for the first 10 years of married? No. As a newly married woman, I would rather not. However, because divorce was not an option, she didn't leave. They stayed together. And... They had a wonderful life together. Like they grew out of that young, kinky, they didn't, they didn't crazy know each other. Days, I think we totally and they became, that. They yes. stayed oh, together and yeah. they moved that. through a hard time. And 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 I'm not saying women need to stay with whatever husbands that are bad to them. Every everything is individual. But I'm grateful that my mother didn't have the option of divorce. I grew up with two solid parents and a really strong tight-knit family. Because you don't see the crappy 10-year period on Pinterest. <laughs> that's exactly right. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. We're not they, expecting that. That's we're, 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 I'm we, expecting it because yes. I grew yeah, up with yeah. hearing yeah. stories yes. about it. Because we're aware. We're we're turned on to that. Because we were raised you know, by Italians. We know that that Americans. could happen. But there are there is a generation of people walking around, both Italian-American and not Italian-American, that are just Surprised when it shows up to yeah. say, "Hey, I'm the I'm the hard part of your marriage, yeah. yep. and I'm here because you have to get through this." Not like you know, oh no, what is this? Uh, uh, the, the, like a jack. Yeah, oh, let me tell you, a lot of the young people that I know that were married less than two years were Italian Americans. I mean, really? Yeah, this is not like I mean, no, it's maybe true. It's, the, it's, not. it's the values of people in this room. But uh, it's fine. But I, I don't put as modern as I am, a, a modern Italian American woman in 2018. I do a lot of things that the ladies I worked with would, would never have been able to do. But that being said, if, if infidelity happens, if something horrible happens, barring maybe physical mm. anything, and maybe this will get me like so much crap, but it's what I believe. I just don't think that there's nothing that you can't work through if you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are too many people with too many marriages and too many families that something bad can happen, but you can always talk about it, revisit it. Yeah. I don't think it's worth, in so many situations, throwing away the marriage. To go back to, what, I think, to go back to what Dolores said and to follow up what you're saying, Rosella, we're, we're talking about a world of marriages that have been preceded by two or three years of dating, Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times five or six years of dating because now you don't have sex and marriage are not tied together right. where the premarital sex is. So it's not like, well, they got to get married for them to do what they're doing. And the people are living together. So they really know who they're, they're marrying. And in many cases, those are the people that get divorced after six months. Like I've been sure, but, well, well, yeah, but, sure. but this is my point is that they're not, if you take the Dolores' parents' generation, Dating in the south of Italy in the 1960s. I know someone. I, someone I know. Her, her mother was telling yeah, us. Yeah, that wasn't dating the way we know it. No, I her guess. father would come over. They were like the first people in the town to get a black and white television. Right when Rye was broadcasting for like three hours on a night, he would come over at night for a couple of months. He would sit next in the in the same room with the mother. Of right, yeah. chaperoned. Yeah, they would watch television My mom and then he would leave too, all the time. Mm-hmm. And then her, her mother said, I, "I didn't know him because he would just sit." I mean, <laughs> he was physically in the room, right? But they never had a conversation. You were never alone together. They were never alone. alone. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. So but, but that's why I think a lot of the issues that we're discussing, it was a different it was a different world because you were marrying somebody you that you had a barely, that you barely knew. So I think that that's a very hard thing for us to understand. So I think marriage is a different predication when we talk about, it was just a whole different, it was a completely different animal. I mean, we can't even imagine that today. 
Love came later for these people. Sure, you could. How could even if they claimed that they loved each other, watching television for two hours, it was infatuation at best. Oh no, Dolores and I speak about this all the time. It was never like, oh, you speak a different love language than me. My needs are not met. Like nobody, nobody said you don't make me happy anymore. That's a big thing because there's no, but there's no, but the theology, and I I think it'd be good to bring a priest on onto this because the theology. (laughs) But if you take. No, but if you take, uh, I was very impressed when HBO had the miniseries Rome on. HBO, if you see how the Romans perceived marriage, it's probably much closer to what the modern, secular, American 20-year-old perceives as marriage than the Christian concept of marriage that probably lasted from the post-Roman pagan period up until maybe the 1960s. And the, the concept is different because in Rome, you, you know, you marry, you divorce, you had political alliances. It was, it, was, it was much more fluid. And what I'm trying to say is that we, we have a culture that we're discussing that was based on a, a Catholic, not a Catholic concept of marriage, of an indissolvability of marriage. And we've, that's kind of out of the picture now. So now we have a whole set of ceremonies and we have a lifestyle that's celebrating a foundational understanding that no longer exists. And that's where I think the clash is happening because you had a huge wedding because you're saying, okay, now you're stuck with each other. Right. You know, through better, through worth, through sickness. I mean, we don't even talk about sickness and health. I mean, how many people had spouses in the old days that got sick in their 20s? They might have lasted into their 40s, were bedridden. I mean, there's, there's all different scenarios. Yeah, terrible story. And it's a different, it, I feel like we, first we talked about marriage in a ceremonial sense, how it's changed. But have we really addressed how, it, how we ideologically, the concept of marriage has changed for us within a community? I think that, it, like, we have no more gender roles anymore. A hundred percent. That's an episode onto itself. Yeah, I mean, didn't I mean, we talk we've about had this conversation? The three of us, me, you, and Rose, yeah. me, Stephanie, and Roselle, we talked about doing an episode of, from like an, an Italian American, you know, old school perspective of let's talk about gender roles and let's talk about how antiquated <laughs> in a way yeah. and not you see the three of us are because. What we, we want is wrong. Yeah, because what we want is wrong now. Let's not waste that episode. And actually, True. this is good a, point. this yeah. is a good point to say we we are we're learning to how we're going to do this show. So for any of you out there who are listening, you may hear me talk about this, you may not, but I think you should because I think the beauty of what this show can be is we really don't have to edit much unless it's. Gravely offensive, which we will, which we will. And also, out. there might be another episode about weddings that will actually touch on some of the things. That <laughs> like, that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Pat made the point earlier. We've been very, very. Uh, we haven't even talked about this is the, no, no. or dollar amount. We didn't get anywhere on our list. We're not even at the wedding. We're, so, this is all before. This is a true time conversation. We're in, we said we're, we're going to go from A to B. We go to D. We go to Z. We go back to F. We've been very high anthropology, sociology here. We did none of the fun stuff. You know, there's going to be a lot of people in the Italian American intellectual communities going to just chop this up like. That's all right. They That's chop everything right. up. Everybody, you could chop up whatever you want. We're going to keep doing this because we already paid for the equipment. Like, I've, <laughs> I've been wanting to write something about, well, about that gender roles thing, yeah. but, like, why I aspire to be, like, an Italian-American because housewife. Because we didn't, but, but we... Because but not, the, in that, not in that way that people... Th- you know, you right. can't say those things. No, it's, it's because, but I'm going I'm to disagree with... I'm going to tell you why I feel. Wait a minute. We're gonna we're gonna veer off into another episode. Yeah. I want to one. I'm, give me. Give, okay, throw go. Me a, go. Uh, an acorn. Go. My co-host, Mister Will. Go. We as a culture idealize the mother, right? Mm-hmm. You go to any Italian church. What is it? It's the Virgin Mary, right? What's Good Friday? It's a story about a mother who loses her son, right? We're a maternal, a matriarchal culture, especially in the south of Italy. A mother who's a good mother is the highest totem pole. It's is true. the highest rung. It's true. We don't see a gender role of the traditional mother ironing the underwear as a negative because as a culture, we've always esteemed it, right? The Italian son who loves his mother the most, the, the wife. There was a great YouTube episode. It was, a, it was a, a Scandinavian girl talked about her Italian boyfriend. And she goes, the one thing I had to come, and she told about all the positives, how romantic and everything he was. She goes, and she said to her Scandinavian friends, the one thing I had to come to terms with is I'll never have first place. That's always his mother. 
So as long as his mother's alive, I'm always number Can two. Can I just say that I envy a woman that has the luxury of the time to actually iron underwear? Right. I don't have right. to do it. One day you will, Rosella. Right. One day. I might not because it's always going to be expected that I that I work right. and contribute, yeah. and it's not seen today as well. That's your contribution. Yeah. That's, right. This no is really a totally different episode. Sorry. But no, no, you're you're all right though. But he's but John's right that it is. It just yeah. something we can't talk about it, but. Because there's so much to unpack in what you just said that they were I'm happy. Almost I'm, I'm going to jump in and cut, cut me out. I didn't mean, I really don't care. <laughs> well, I don't want to. Wait, I they don't want to. They were happy. Edit. The house trust. I don't want to edit. No, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Also, I'm write stop. this down for the next thing. How do people raise like four and five children without an iPad? 13. <laughs> or with 18. no money. John and I were All talking right. about this the other day. I, I, I think it was. No iPad. I'm going to take over in my How role. Can we talk? My role bring this as, up from, I come from Jersey. In my role as the as the moderator the of this I table, I'm going to pull the plug for a minute. I'm going to I'm going to do something. We have an, a little sponsor. Different. Who's no. our sponsor? I was no, already pulled out. I couldn't. Dinner, though, we need to go get dinner. Pizza. But I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to ask a couple of rapid fire questions here. Are you the John McLaughlin of the Italian people? I am the. If yes. Yes, I am. A bonanima jamagawa. Yes, I am. I am the. I want a T-shirt that says that. Bonanima jamagawa. We have so much good stuff we could talk about here. Yeah. And so little time. We mentioned the Scafaduna bag, which is important. My grandmother was big on making sure that we all use the same. Can you bag. find that on Pinterest? Scafaduna bags on Pinterest. That should be a, a listener challenge. If you could find it, please tag us. You can get a free bag. Spell Scafaduna. <laughs> can you spell it? S C H I A F F A T O N E Schiaffaduna. I had it way different, but anyway, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of our many many regional languages. So, for those of you who are listening now, you can hit us up on social media for the Power Hour. You can find us on Twitter. Oh, shut up! (laughs) For the Power Hour, you you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Italian Power HR. For the podcast, you can find... Run through these four. <laughs> yeah, for the Italian American podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Italian American. On Twitter, we're at Ital American. And we are on Facebook at Italian American Podcast. Right? So, what I want to propose <laughs> to everybody is it. we're going to wrap this hour up. And we didn't even talk about... How much you put in the envelope? Nope. Who's keeping lists? Should we marry Italians? That's Should another that episode. That's another episode in of itself. It's a provocative question. We didn't even talk about how hard it is to seat people at your. No, wedding. that's There's right. A huge Who's amount of pressure. We need to call this the Italian American. Yeah, did we even Stephanie goes. We didn't even talk about Italian American weddings. Yeah, marriage. We. Maybe it's we really should change the title. Show. Yeah. Italian American marriage. Marriage, Italian style. Oh, we did talk, we did talk about the wedding, though. How big it is and how. We did. We touched it. My mother always says, "Not with you and not even without you." You know, because no. you couldn't get divorced. So. That's, that's true. That's perfect. Not with you and then. Who's listening to this? Oh, stop! Please see comment. A lot of people. Okay, so if you're listening out there, please write us on social media so Pat believes there's an audience. I don't think we got one reply to the newsletter last time when we sent out the first like intro power hour somebody just responded Patrick O'Boyle question mark oh <laughs> you would hate that question wow. hate that. Yeah, like, oh. who are you come out come on <laughs> come out the <laughs> meaning like you know it's yeah I don't, I don't want I'm tell me your official my title my family does that to me so it's it's fine. very simple that's true Pat's mother is Italian yeah. and Pat's father is Irish. Oh, off the boat, off. Pat, yeah. tell him, don't come for me unless I sent for you. Yeah, I like that one too. So, <laughs> here's what I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna propose. I hope enough people listen to and love this first Power Hour that we've done. Give us your comments. Let us know how you see it evolving in the future. Do you like the unedited version? Do you think it's a little bit? Uh, Long, short, could you listen for double the amount of time? Because I know we could talk oh, for double the amount of time. Yeah, yeah, we are really. just starting. Really this is going to continue with dinner. So those of you that are listening, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to be so <laughs> jealous that you're not listening to the conversation that continues <laughs> over Pizza Nablidana. <laughs> I'm going to ask our listeners to help us decide the direction of the next episode. So as you guys know, our intention is that every other episode, you're going to hear the classic Italian-American podcast and its incredible take on the luminaries in our community and what's out there. You, every other episode, are going to hear this rambling 
argument of self-exploration that we call the power hour. So for the next power hour episode, we will put up on Instagram and Twitter polls asking you, our listeners, to pick the next topic we discuss. And the four that I have whittled it down to in no particular order are the Italian-American bucket list. That means what do we as a panel and as friends think are those things, those events, those uh, communities, those little Italy's, those monuments that must be visited by Italian-Americans across the country? What are the, the best of our community, best feasts, best cities to visit, best restaurants? What's the bucket list? For Italian Americans. So if you vote for that, that's what we're going to talk about. Another option is going home to Italy and what it means for an Italian American to go back. Uh, Anthony has written an incredible book on the process of going back and finding your family. Where are our favorite places? How does it register in our lives? And what are the experiences of going back to Italy for the first time and continuous uh, throughout? That's the second option. The third option, why are we so obsessed with death? Uh, this is what we're calling the Italian-American Undertakers episode, and we want to use that opportunity to discuss traditions around death and mourning, and, uh, well, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory, but there's some really interesting stuff in there, obviously, and uh, Professor Pat, I know, has some really, really great stuff to bring dun, to the table. Dun, dun, <laughs> and finally, uh, if you vote for it, we will make the second show one of our first restaurant visits, which would be us picking a place, speaking to the people that make it special, and actually recording live while we uh, while we eat like crazy people and discuss, like we normally do, all of the intricacies of who we are uh, over great food. So you will have the control. I hope everybody goes out and votes and uh, help us make this a great show. Anybody got anything else to add for weddings before we go? No. We're ready for pizza. All right. It's gonna come in part two. Part weddings part. Two. There's gonna be a weddings part two. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I I can't control the fact that this is gonna is this be. Off? No, it's gone. It's done. Take him home. No, Say goodbye, this. everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Shut this off. I want to talk. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thanks for joining us for the first Italian American nice. podcast Power Hour. Pull the plug. Signore, signori, we'll see you soon. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Gets a treat like a gonzo.